Today I want to talk to you about access. Because if we get the associations right, and if we get the attitude right, I believe that God will give us access. Let's go, guys. We're going to get going. Access. I want to read a scripture for you to think about. Revelation chapter 3. There are seven churches that John writes an epistle to called the Apocalypse or the Revelation of Jesus Christ. There's a church in Laodicea. There's a church in Smyrna. There's a church in Thyatira. There's a church in Sardis. And the list goes on. But to the church in Philadelphia, he writes these words. I found it interesting because the word Philadelphia, this is the word that means brotherly love. It's a Greek term that means love of the brethren or affection towards brothers. To the church that loves the brethren goes this message. Powerful message. And I think inherent in the name is the message. Anywhere you find people who have made a decision that they're going to love the brethren, this is applicable. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he's true, he has the key of David. He opens, no man shuts. He shuts and no man opens. Verse number 8. He says, I know your works. I've set before you an open door. No man can shut it. Though you have little strength and you've kept my word and you've not denied my name. I want you to see that. I've set before you an open door and no one can shut it. So that would mean that if I work on loving the brethren, access is granted to me. And I'm going to figure out how to go through this door. What does it take to go through this door that God has opened unto me? Let's, let's talk about that. I want to show you two things. Very, very simple. For God, access comes through integrity. When he sets an open door before you and I, what he's looking for before we can go through the door is a sense of integrity. And this is the work of being a believer. Integrity. Every one of us, I'm up here speaking, I've gotten the privilege of speaking, but I'm wrestling in this area as well, integrity. Let me show you why this is a significant thing. Integrity, what it really means is that inside of me, God has made me right. Inside. I'll show you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible says it like this, and God hath made us to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because of certain things that Jesus has done, God has imputed to us the righteousness of Jesus Christ within ourselves. So he's taken out what was wrong inside of us. He's replaced it with what is right. That is a faith statement that needs to be worked out. But here's what I do know. I'm right in his sight because of Jesus. That's what I know. Doesn't mean that's what I always do, but that's what I know. I'm right in his sight because of Jesus Christ. So now I have to then begin to work out what's right on the inside, on the outside. Because it's a faith statement. Faith then without works means nothing. If I'm right on the inside, listen, ultimately I must be right where? On the outside. And that's the work. That's the work of working out what he has worked in. 
Everyone that has professed Jesus Christ has been made right on the inside. Now I've got to work that out. Let's go one step further. Integrity is centered in private practices. This is really where someone can demonstrate that they're right. Because you see, when I'm here in front of you, I can pretend. We all can. Because pretense is actually what we do before people. The righteousness of God is actually what we do when no one is around. When no one watch is watching us, then what's right on the inside comes out on the outside. It's private practices. It's what we do when no one is watching us. It's how you feel when you've done wrong, when no one knows. That demonstrates that there's a rightness on the inside that's working itself on the outside. If you have this belief that I've done wrong, no one has seen me, and I've gotten away with it, something is wrong with the rightness on the inside. I want you to follow what I'm saying. Integrity means that when you're not watching me, I am also making sure that I am watching me. Does that make any sense? So then I I struggle because I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes when you don't see me, I make some mistakes. And I'm bothered by the mistakes that I make. And I want to figure out how do I get to a place where I stop making these mistakes. When you think like that, there's a rightness that's struggling to come on the outside. Integrity is private practice. Take this scripture down, Proverbs 12. The righteous are more excellent than their neighbor. They're always striving, listen, to do things right. Because right is not something that other people determine for you. Right is something that God has already determined on the inside. This is one of the reasons, before we go further, this is one of the reasons why God can ultimately be our judge. Because he's placed right on the inside. And you know what's right. I know what's right. Because something on the inside is telling me that does not line up with what's on the inside. Listen to this old song they used to sing. Jennifer, remember this? Something on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. That's integrity. When I leave here, I'm striving to make sure that your eyes don't see me, but his eyes see me. Are you following what I'm saying? Because this is connected to that open door that he set before me. Now, if I can get that right, this inside working on the outside, I want to take you one step further before I give you seven things to think about. Very, very simple. Integrity is the first key that opens the door that God has provided. In Proverbs eleven thirty one, I believe it says something like this. The righteous shall be recompensed more in the earth than the wicked and the sinner. In other words, the more I work out this rightness, God has a reward for me. Watch, not up there, down here, before I go up there. The righteous shall be rewarded much more in the earth. It's the first key 
Let's go one step further. Access now comes through having a work ethic. Do you see how I got this right? If my integrity is right, then I come behind it and I make sure that there's a work ethic that goes through. It's like I was listening to Jennifer and Trey sing and I was saying to myself, these guys are very good singers, but they have worked at it. And I realized something. God gives you a gift, but you have to work at it. Listen carefully. God places you somewhere, but you have to work at it. What I've discovered, and it's been a challenge for me, I'm going to be honest with you. I've discovered that there, there's a segment of the body of Christ that does not have a strong work ethic. And there's another segment that has a very strong work ethic, and we all love the Lord, put us in the same pot, and we frustrate each other. Think about this just for a second and follow me through here and I'll show you something. The W-E is for work ethic. Here's, what, here's how you get a work ethic. The first thing you've got to realize is that God has given me a task. There's a duty that he has called me to do. And I've got to acknowledge that. Everyone in this room has to know what they're called to do. Every single person. What would you have me to do, Lord? You have to acknowledge that. The Bible says it like this. It, 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 be diligent to know the state of your flocks and look well to your herds. In other words, know what the task is that God's called you to do. You got to know that. If, if you don't know this, brothers and sisters, you will do tasks that you are not called to do. Listen carefully and wonder why you don't have a desire to do them. Everyone, this is, this, is, this is so critical. Everyone has to know, what is it that God has called me to do? If I had the time, I really don't, but I'm going to just squeeze a little bit of time. I'll share my testimony with you. I did perhaps maybe 50 to 60 different jobs before I came to know the Lord. So I had a desire to do something. I didn't know what. So I, 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 I drove a forklift. I, I worked at a glass factory. I, I worked at a courier company. I worked at the grocery store. I worked in the retail. I did everything. But guess what? None of that was what I was called to do. And watch carefully. And in each of those areas, I did them very well. But something inside of me said, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. The only thing that kept me going back there was the paycheck on Friday. Do, do you hear what I'm trying to say? Everyone needs to know what is it that I'm supposed to do. It really matters under this, this integrity that leads to work ethic. If you don't know what you're supposed to do, you'll do anything. Number two, watch closely. From, from acknowledging, diligence is then applied. Once you know what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to do it diligently. Watch closely. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. The hand of the diligent. That means I apply myself to this that I'm called to do. Because what do I want to be? I want to be the best at what God has opened a door for me to do. Absolutely. I'm not, I, I don't want to be second rate. I don't want to just kind of do it. I want to be the best at what God has called me through this open door to do. I want to be diligent in this area. I want to be the best at my craft. 
I want to be the brightest at my craft. I want to be diligent at my craft. Now, what am I doing here? Is it, Pastor, you're not really preaching. I'm actually showing you how to be the head. And not the tail. Over the years, Charles, over the years, we have said, quote this scripture, God's going to make it happen. That's not what happens. He gives you the scriptures. Can I show you something I was thinking about this week? I said, my God, I realized something. Preaching doesn't change me. Teaching the word of God doesn't change me. Worship doesn't change me. Prayer doesn't change me. I have to make a decision. Listen, to change. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Listen, all of those things give me the tools to change. But they don't change me. Oh my God, I sat there this week, I said, my God, I can be excited over preaching, but not change. I have to make a decision with the tools that he has given that I'm going to change. So I have to be diligent. I have to apply myself. I have to study to show myself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. I have to apply once I know the task. Now what am I doing? I'm letting, watch this, this may shock you, I'm letting my light so shine that men might see my bad works, sloppy works, my good works, and come to glorify. The reason why it's kind of silent in here is because we have made something super spiritual that is first practical up to spiritual. And the challenge is up spiritual with no practical leaves a void. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Up spiritual with no practical leaves a void. Only a praise but no fruits. Huh? Am I talking right? It's all, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I always tell you this story. There was a, there was a gentleman who worked for our ministry some years ago. Uh, and he just kept being late. And we're having conversations. So, you know, you can't, you can't be late. And, uh, so you can't be late. And so the, the person that was his direct report said to him, you know, um, I'm going to dock your pay. We're not going to fire you. We're going to dock your pay. And I just kept being late, kept being late, kept being late. And so one day the person took off. I can't remember. Maybe 25 cents. Just a sign. Do you know that the person wanted to actually have a fight? A physical altercation? Watch. They were strong to fight over payment, but they weren't strong to fight over practice. I'm going to give you a quote in a second. I want you to think about this. Once I know what I'm supposed to do, the reason why Robert plays and those brothers over there play, it's because they've applied themselves. The reason why you're good at what you do is because you have applied yourself. Write this down. God anoints he who applies himself. God does not anoint the person who does not apply themselves. Or else the anointing then becomes an excuse for laziness. And it's not. Are you following what I'm saying this morning? There is an open door. I don't want anyone to be frustrated. Say, Why hasn't God done anything for me? I've been laying on my bed praying for five days. Why isn't Get off your bed. Pray as you're walking to work 
and apply yourself and apply yourself and apply yourself so that when the time comes for you to deliver something it's over and above what they were expecting from you this is really where we want to go you want to take the task that you've applied yourself to and present it back to whomever and say lord you gave me five pounds i brought you five back well done delivery for the believer should always be over and above we should exceed expectations in what we do you should never as a believer just give them what they've asked for give them what they didn't even ask for that they were thinking about but you through application produced it for them this is that beautiful parable where the gentleman brings back but you remember the last guy that said he had issues with the Lord and he buried it and the Lord said watch this because I, I I'm still working it out he said cast the wicked and slothful servant into utter darkness so that I'm still trying to figure it out is, is, is hell more 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 than just for the immoral is it also for the we can decide that give back your bosses because you're a Christian give them more than they've asked for let them know that you merit the next level in the organization let them know that you should be the one leading the organization Joseph let them know that they're missing something because they have not situated you based on what you're doing you should be over here because you've delivered above and beyond how do I do that pastor work ethic is the second key you know that but watch this I'm gonna show you some some things listen to this quote from Steve Harvey he may not like Steve Harvey but anywhere I see truth I run to it he says if you run from the work you might as well hide from the money okay you're laughing but I know people who run from the work and show up for the money if you wanted a W there you could actually make it right if you run from the work you should hide from the wealth it's all the same it's all the same let me give you these truths and then we'll go home watch seven simple steps to open doors think about what I'm saying think about it step one ready show up on time not spiritual is it it's not spiritual is it it's not spiritual show up on time so why would you say that pastor because I returned and I saw under the Sun that the race is not for the swift the battle is not for the strong bread is not given to the wise listen but time and chance happens to them all did you see that time chances opportunity opportunity is connected to timing sometimes when you're late it's more than just being on the clock you've missed an opportunity I'm always amazed listen to this at Christians who say God may not come when you want him but he surely will come on time well if he's like that then you and I whatever we do in life make a decision to show up time 
Now we're becoming excellent. Excellent. Here's, the, here's, here's what you may not uh, want to hear. People get tired of watching you speak in tongues and you're late. Yes, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. They, they get tired of those things that don't line up with those other things. So here's what I say. Take both of them. Speak in tongues while you're early. It's very, very simple. Ready? Watch this one. Be polite. Because you're going through a door. Be polite. Make sure that every word you speak is seasoned with grace. That you may know how to answer everyone that asks you a reason of what's inside of you. Be polite. Don't be brash. You're going somewhere through an open door that watch no man can shut. That's why you don't need to cuss anybody out. Did you hear what I just said? They can't shut the door. They can't open the door. Only one person can do that. Just be polite. Excuse me. Beg your pardon. I'm going through the door. Ready, watch. Dress well. <laughs> Whatever it is that the task is, find out what well means in that environment. So I won't tell you that this means. Find out what does well mean in that environment. To make sure that when you go into the room, you have the right garment on. Lest the good man say, how did you get in here without a proper garment? This is something that I think is so critical. Dress for the task. What is well in the task? And then dress for it. Because you're going through a door. You're going somewhere. You're going somewhere. Watch. Listen carefully. In fact, this is the first thing you should do. Listen carefully. The first thing you should not do is talk. When you step into the room, the first thing you should actually do is be prone to listen. Check out the frequency of the room. Gauge the climate of the room. Sense the conversation of the room. Discern the direction of the room before you speak. Because then when you open your mouth, you're adding value to the overall climate of the room. Not just talking because you've got a tongue. So the wise are slow to speak. Listen carefully to what's being said. Watch. Talk less. This is easy. It's easy because in the first part of the message, you're delivering. And I've discovered that when you deliver, you don't have to do a lot of talking. Your works speak for themselves. You don't have to do a lot of talking. In fact, the wise are slow to speak. They're listening and they're not speaking so quickly. Ready? Watch. Avoid anger and frustration. They're slow to wrath. When you're angry, when you're frustrated, you send a message this way. That things are out of control, requiring a hyper-emotional response. But when you are calm, 
you're actually sending a message this way God's in control doesn't matter what happens in the boat it doesn't matter what storms come on the seas there is a peace that passeth all understanding avoid anger don't be frustrated I'm trying it's very hard to take this word out of my vocabulary frustration gentleman said to me once he sent a message over he said the staff over here in this area they're frustrated because we sent you something and you didn't respond to it and now they're frustrated and I sent back and I said to him what was the staff supposed to do he said what they sent you and I said was there any more he said no I said then tell the staff that they cannot be frustrated if they've done their job I want you to think about this if you've done your job there's no need for you to be frustrated having watch having done all just stand I want I want even within the body those of us who serve in ministry it's so easy to say I'm frustrated I'm frustrated I'm frustrated you go to your job I'm frustrated I'm frustrated listen to this God is in control take that energy and apply it someplace else because it's sapping you somewhere of emotional energies slow to wrath and then we end here watch finish whatever you're doing well finish it well this is walking like Jesus finish well finish what it's if it's a task if it's a project if it's an assignment finish it well you should be able to say it is finished I read in the scriptures every time God stepped out to do something or he gave someone something to do it always concluded with these words finished and the Lord finished all his works in which he made Genesis 2 and Moses finished the tabernacle and Jesus said it is finished and Paul said I have finished my course finish whatever you start well don't stop it don't drop it don't pick it up and throw it away finish it because it's impossible to move to the next level until you finish part of the cycles that people go through I've seen this in my own life is because we have not finished certain things and they be, those things become loose ends that need to be tied up before you can go to the next level finish well what you started and we're going home I want us to make some declarations and we're gonna do that in just a moment but God has given us access and we're going through that door I need everyone just to stand for a moment we're gonna make some declarations in the name of the Lord and we're going through that door 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 watch and we're going through that door I go through the door excuse me I'm supposed to be here there is no frustration I'm supposed to be here there's no anger I'm supposed to be here there's no frustration I'm supposed to be here I want you to watch these affirmations a friend of mine overseas she wrote these and I, I said I'm just gonna take them because when I read them I said my God 
bigger and bolder. I want you to confess this with me today. There's about eight of them. Ready? I dream bigger and bolder dreams. Let it settle for a second. I dream bigger and bolder dreams. I envision a bright future. The path of the just is a shiny light. I envision a bright future. I'm saying that even though at times the way seems so dark, I envision a bright future. Watch. I'm not distracted by today's challenges. And there's a lot of them. I'm not distracted by today's challenges. But I'm reaching for new heights daily. There's a lot of spirituality here. In order for me not to reach for heights, the enemy is going to send a plethora of distractions. I'm not distracted by today's challenges. I'm reaching for new heights daily. I decree that I am unstoppable. In Jesus' name. Oh my God. Yes. I cannot be. Folks have talked about me. Folks have maligned me. I have messed up. I have stumbled along the way. But I've made a declaration. I am unstoppable. Oh my God. I, I hope you hear what I'm saying. What I'm really saying is, even my own mistakes can't limit me. Ah, can't limit me. Greater is he that's working on the inside. Against all odds, despite all obstacles, I rise. I rise. And because I'm rising, hear me everyone, I make mega faith moves big moves I'm believing for big things to come in my life and I declare with my hands raised every hand raised I will achieve my dreams given to me by God in Jesus name that's access that's access that's access that's access without excuses that's access no excuses no excuses come Trey come team hear me everyone hear me in my 54th year on the planet I realize that spirituality for me and for many of us has been ethereal desires and we have not brought it right down. In other words, we haven't put flesh on our faith. So watch closely. I'm going to stop. We haven't allowed the word to become flesh. So that it might dwell among us and others will see the glory of God. And so for over 30 years, we've been seeing things out there in the eternal beyond. How God has and he will, can do and and then our lives are struggling to match that. Access is granted if we're willing to take practical steps. Do what's in your power to do, brothers and sisters. And 
God will do the rest. I promise you. You, you will come back and thank me later. You will say, Pastor, I was praying, 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 but going to work late. I was fasting, fasting, but not delivering. But when I took that and I mixed it with this, I realized something. God was waiting for me to do something to unleash His glory. Access is given to everyone in this building. In the name of Jesus. Success is not a far gone conclusion. It's not a dream in the eternal beyond. It's in the here and now. Listen, here's my final word. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above what we can ask or think according to the power that works on the inside to him. Be glory in the church throughout all ages. Spirit is breaking out. The Spirit of God is breaking out. Hallelujah.